Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Well, we've had this one in the works for quite a while, um, and it's finally time. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to meet the fourth member of the Real Flicks podcast? <laughs> we we meeting Tim? No, no, no. Tim, Tim's number, he wants to be number five for some reason, because he always uh, knew that number four? number four would be coming in. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to announce and pleased to introduce in his first ever appearance... As a panelist, co-host on the Rare podcast, former EPA director Scott. Oh, he's oh, he's gone. Yikes! He, I had a TV there. I had a TV there. Yeah, he's he's gone. Never mind then. Wow. The short. That was a great joke, Mason. Reflex I'm really tenure. glad. Uh, really glad we're opening the episode on this joke. This bit's really good. It's definitely not going to date this conversation or episode at Absolutely all. Absolutely for not. sure. Like people are going to look back and be like, "Wow, that was that joke lasted the, the stood the test of time," you know. July 2018, cool. <laughs> For real, though, Scott Pruitt is a fascinating figure. He is, like, the worst person, but I kind of respect his game that he was able to keep his job for, like, a year and six months just by doing everything wrong and doing never being ethical not even once. It's just it's impressive. Isn't that just most of this administration, though? Yeah, but like some of them kind of are like in a warped way are meant to do their jobs. Like I'm sure I don't I mean, know. Who... Listen, anybody other than Mad Dog is not qualified to do their jobs. <laughs> Mad Dog. <laughs> He's honestly my favorite member. Really? Yeah. Mine's still Steve Mnuchin because he's just such a like a dweeb. And he's so his wife is like so obviously married to him for his for money. Because he has like the personality of like a grapefruit basically. Listen, I'm okay with it. He deserves some happiness in his life. No. Yeah. No. What has he done that's been scummy? Uh, well, he was in Hollywood before he came to the White House, so obviously Trump okay. doesn't care about what Hollywood has to say. The the liberal elites, obviously, despite him being a liberal elite, basically. Um, no, Steve Mnuchin, what did he do? He has executive producer credits on the Lego movie, Edge of Tomorrow, slash Tomorrow Never Dies, or no, slash Live, Die, Repeat, Mad Max Fury Road, Man from Uncle, Our this Brand. Like a good guy. What are you talking about? Our Brand is Crisis. Hello. Oof. Yeah, right. It's a bit on the nose. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, The Misunderstood Masterpiece, Suicide Squad. Yeah? Am I tickling your fancy? Listen, you've named a bunch of good movies. I have no idea what... He was involved. He was the executive producer of those movies. Yeah, he's good. I'm glad. Well, now he's evil. He's not evil. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, he's pretty evil. He Name, name one thing that he's done that has been bad. Uh, let's see. He has served for one year and six months in the Trump administration. That has no, no. I'm talking his policy, what he's done in that role. Oh my god, you're making because me honestly, evil. you can't just hate everybody that's involved in the administration because it's not fair. I think I can. No, you're just being an asshole at this point. I don't think so. Yeah, 
They're not. It's not like they've been forced to work for him. They all wanted to work for him. I just. I want to know why you dislike this guy, other than that reason. First of all, this is this is definitely not an asshole thing to say. I hate his face. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's right. That's okay. Okay, good, good. No, no, we're. Out, I agree. He's got a weird face. <laughs> uh, let's see. He's an idiot because here's what he has to say on artificial intelligence. Quote. Uh, not if he's worried about AI displacing jobs, quote, not at all. I think we're so far away from that. 50 or 100 years. It's not even on my radar screen. Dumb. Uh, he was one of, he was one of the guys who pushed the GOP tax bill. Hello? He's one of the key proponents of that. The horrendous tax bill. What do you think of Mike Pompeo? I have no idea who that even is. He's the secretary. He's the secretary of state. Yeah, so wait, didn't he just talk to North Korea and, like, fuck it up? Kinda. See, there's Mad Completely Dog. Unfair. Mad Dog, I love Mad Dog. Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions, Jeff Sessions is a he's, little creep. Is he still a member of the... I mean, so far. <laughs> ben Carson. <laughs> oh, no, he's still... I don't know what he does, but he's he's around. Rick Perry is still the Secretary of Energy. How f- how horrifying is it that Rick Perry has been Secretary of Energy for like eighteen months and you've not heard of, of anything of any news about him? That is terrifying. That's like having a that's like anything. that's like having a dog do open heart surgery and then it's quiet in there. You don't like. I'd rather hear stuff to know that something's at least happening. I don't know. Maybe if he if he's just not doing anything. I guess, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, because that means he's not ruining it. Yeah, fair. In November 2017, Perry suggested that using fossil fuels to light dangerous places in Africa could could reduce sexual assault, saying, when the lights are on, when you have that light that shines the righteousness, if you will, on those types of acts. (laughs) Wait, so he wants to use oil to light up Africa? Yeah, to stop people from being, like, sexually assaulted or raped. That's dumb. But, Cody, what you're not thinking about is that when the lights are on, you have light to shine the righteousness. Okay. That's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a dumb sentence. <laughs> yeah, they're all kind of, they're not all kind of dumb. They're all, they're all just dumb. They're really wow. dumb. Mad Dog's all right. Yeah, he's cool. Mick Mulvaney has tiny glasses, and I hate it. Like, he has Harry Potter glasses, and it just doesn't fit his face. You, should, you just made you can't wear Harry Potter glasses. I could. I just haven't. I'm sure you could. By the way, let it let it be known that the current administrator of the Small Business Administration is Linda McMahon of WWE fame. Oh, cool. So, that's also something that we have to we have to accept, that we, li- we live in a world where somebody who ran the WWE has a high-ranking cabinet position. That's fine. Dude, that's like the best business in the United States. I don't like the WWE, and I don't know why you do. Because it's funny. It's not though. It's incredibly entertaining. But it's but it's, it is. It's but it's fake. No. Yes. What are you talking about. It's fake. Shut your fucking mouth. Everybody knows it's fake. What are you saying? It's not real. I need you to quit this. The joke's over, dude. <laughs> it's.
God. There's a guy in Trump's administ- in his cabinet who's 80 years old. I don't I don't like that people that are 80 years old can have important jobs. That doesn't sit right with me cuz when you're 80 years old, you're like like almost 100. Like 80. Yeah. You're not you're not in, of sane mind when you're 80 years old. You're just not. I won't be. You currently you aren't. What? I am. I'm I'm a genius, dude. Okay, fair. And then there's Mike I'm Pence. Very with stable his... genius. Yeah. How many? Do you know a lot of words? I know the best words, dude. That's pretty sick. Oh, by the way, uh, this conversation that we're about to have here marks your first uh, entry into the 2018 movie draft. Oh shit! How did I do? I don't know yet. I, the final box office hasn't been uh, released. I know. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes isn't bad. What's Rotten Tomatoes? It was 87 last I checked. 87? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. I don't believe that. Check it out. Look it up for yourself, dude. That's not... That can't be true. Are they done? Sounds like they're done America. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, good for them. Hope they got it out of their system. Uh, Let's see. It's 86%. Oh, my God. Yikes, dude. It's going to be a fun conversation. Top critics, 70%. Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, you want to just... Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's 87% or whatever. And in the movie draft, it's box office and Rotten Tomatoes. So you could be looking at 140, 130 points. That's pretty good. Yeah. You've also got 8th grade and Mission Impossible Fallout and Skyscraper. So after that, this is your month, Cody. This is your time. Shit, this is literally everything. Yeah. Actually, the latest we're going is August 3rd, so we're going to be wrapping up pretty soon. Yikes. Is that when the new season starts? I mean, we just don't have anything for the rest of the month of August. Like, I, all of mine came pretty pretty early. Were there July's. any movies that weren't taken? Uh, honestly, not anymore. Really, like Sicario's come out. First, the first Purge is out this weekend. Hotel Transylvania three, I guess, is available. So is the Equalizer two. Teen Titans go to the movies and the Meg. That's what's Why available. Is the Equalizer two a thing? I don't know. Last one didn't make much. Very confusing. Let's uh, talk about unnecessary sequels, dude. I didn't see the first, so I really don't know. I can't say. Sorry. But, yeah, well, we're going to be done with the movie draft a month from now. How crazy is that? Hey, you better get the list going for the next one. You know, yeah, I guess like I... Lists. I love lists. And now, you do too. Nope. I made you a list. Yeah, you did make me a list, and that's kind of weird. It's not. How's that weird? I just want you to. I just want our list episodes to be the best that they can be. Listen, that's the only reason list. I forgot Thoroughbreds was because You're it technically came out in 2017. That's not true. You didn't know that yes, until you googled it. That's what the year was. That's why I was going by year. Yeah. And on Letterboxd, you know your fucking no site that you love so much. No. It goes by 2017, so listen, you're wrong, I'm right. Just let it happen, dude. No. 
No. No. What? Yes. No. All right. Well, play the trailer, future me. Let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. And now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. I think future me got it. Did he? I hope so. Not, I'm going to punch him. Ha! It's me. Uh, initial thoughts, Cody? <laughs> I liked it. Ant-Man and the Wasp was fun. Paul Rudd is great. Evangeline Lilly is great. The villain was fun. Um, Morpheus was in it. And is that Michael Douglas? Uh, it's Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas? Is that a joke or real? No, Kirk Douglas is his father. And Kirk Douglas... He's like 99, isn't he? He's well over 100. Let's look that up. Kirk Douglas. It's pronounced Douglas. Born Isser Danielovich. That makes sense. He's 101, Cody. 101 years old. Well over oh 100. Um, so, yeah, Michael Douglas was funny. Uh, I just thought it was really good. I liked it. Hmm, interesting. What about you, Mason? Because I think you didn't like it because you hate fun. Well, that's not necessarily so that's true. true. That's true. It's not. I, mm-hmm. I enjoy fun things. I've In s- one thing. I gate Mamma Mia. The movie. That's not fun. The movie? I don't know. I never saw it. How dare you? I, I Love Dogs is fun. I like that. Uh, When you lay on your back and put your cat on your feet and <laughs> pretend he's an airplane, that's fun. <laughs> I like that. Who's that fun for? Me and the cat. Because the, the cat, cat feels that. like the, if they feel like they're flying, and I imagine they are flying. And I make the sound effects, so it's qu- actually quite a bit of fun, I think. Any any reasonable person, I should say, will we'll think that. Smart. Good answer. Thank you. This just wasn't... Like, I can see why this is quote-unquote fun to some people. I understand it. To me, I think it was one of the laziest movies I've ever seen. I wonder why, Mason. Are you going to tell us? No. Okay. Uh, watching well, what you're listening to... Good episode, everybody. <laughs> no, I will. Apparently, there was this robot that was like fed. It was like it was like read or input. They, somebody input poetry or something into that. No, no, no. It was a Beatle. It was a. It wrote Beatles songs. It like it absorbed yeah, all the Beatles this. song. It, it wrote the Beatles song or it wrote the Nirvana song or whatever. I feel like this movie was written by a robot who was told who was shown how to write a Marvel movie. This movie to me had absolutely no soul or anything resembling predictability unpredictability or just anything fresh i didn't feel like this movie had anything interesting or anything new to bring to the table it just was a marvel sequel Okay, so it's the same criticisms you've been having with the past 20 marvel movies i mean in in a different way but like this just felt so unmotivated and uh, and lazy like i said i don't i wouldn't call too many other movies lazy i, I just i think they a little unambitious but not lazy and this movie just felt lazy to me 
Like it had every every story beat and every line that you would expect a movie like this to have. And it just didn't have any variation. Like the ending, spoiler alert by the way, the ending when they finally find Michelle Pfeiffer, who we already saw early in the movie, but they were trying to make it like a big moment or whatever. Something as simple as just saying, let's go home, just really annoyed me. It's like really, that's every every movie where some you're going to get somebody has said let's go home and try to make it like a big moment and the way that they had like the music swelling and the father-daughter relationships was just painful to me it was just painfully bleh painfully boring i don't know Mm. man am i wrong yes (laughs) if paul rudd wasn't wasn't in this would i be wrong you'd be more right but you would still be wrong Uh, um roblox that sound that doesn't sound smart, I know, but it's just, I don't know, I think you have a vendetta against these movies. I don't, I give them all a fair shake, I really do. I was kind mm. of curious about this one. I don't believe you. Okay, that's... You say that every time, and then they all still get one and a half on your letterbox. Yeah, well, that's not true. I do, I give them relatively okay grades. Well, how did, I didn't see which one you gave for this one. I haven't given it one yet. I know, that's what was triggering me. I wanted to see it. Like, I gave her Avengers 6 out of 10. I thought that was fine and interesting. You know, it did okay stuff. Was by no means predictable, I can tell you that. So, to that correct... But Ant-Man and the Wasp... It's the one movie, but it just seems like you never give any of the other things a fair shake. Guardians 2? Cap 2? Black Panther? Listen, I need, listen, listen yes. I need you to stop. What? Okay? <laughs> I'm trying to say something, and you're just, you're proving me wrong, and it makes me look bad in front of the audience. Um, just shut up and say yes. <laughs> yes. All right? Yes. I don't know. I just, I want to talk about the fact that Josh said you have crap taste in movies. Yeah, that's. In our group chat. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's wrong, obviously. I gave Throw Reds four and a half out of five, so indie cinema fan confirmed. (laughs) Where did that lose? uh, No, I don't want to talk about that movie right now. No, it didn't lose anything. It was just five I reserve, like five stars I just reserve for the best of the best, like all-time favorites. Like I've seen what, like a hundred, not a hundred, 1100 movies or whatever on my letterbox, and there's like 50 of them that are five stars. So it's just for the top tier. So, okay. Um, when you go to see these movies, I think that you go in with too critical of a mind for this, which I know isn't good, but I think you should stop going into these movies expecting you're going, they're going to be any different. I mean, I ha- why? I did that for Black Panther. I expected that to be different and and fresh, and it was. It absolutely. Okay, any was. sequel that's not an Avengers movie. And Cap 2 came out four years ago, so you can't really keep using that as an example. Guardians 2? Guardians 2 wasn't that good. Yeah, it was. Mm. It was definitely different. Because it was more boring. Uh-huh, no. No. I really don't like that movie. Really? Wow. It, 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 
the further I get away from it, the more it bothers me how stupid that right. the director made us uh, treated us. But wait, and this didn't like I I said in our in our group chat that this is the greatest showman of Marvel movies. And that's that, just that's objectively not true. It is. It absolutely is. No, because Iron Man three is the greatest showman of the MCU. No, it's not. Yeah. How is it? What? Because it's bad. No, I'm talking about Greatest Showman is a movie that I've, I've said this before. I think if you've never seen a movie before, you will love that movie. If you've never seen a superhero movie before or something, it just picks and pillages the worst, the most predictable parts of any sequel and just kind of mashes them together. And the end result is something that barely feels alive. The scene where the they're all tied up to a chair and for no reason, Ghost and Lawrence Fishburne just are vamping about the their evil like about their history like i know mo- superhero movies have to do that but why do they, why do they need to go into so much detail they're tied to a chair and they're just like oh here's my wikipedia version of the plot where oh my parents died and i was a father figure and like i'm gonna die and here's a ticking clock for the movie like this and this movie doesn't have a plot it just has a series of objectives that we just kind of have to go through there's that's what a plot is, Mason. Okay, but you know what I mean. Like, oh, we got to get to this, and now we got to get the suitcase here. But we got the suitcase, but now we've been arrested, and it's just yeah, that's what a plot is. I don't know what point you're trying to make here. Well, it, that's every movie ever. It, not not every movie is as clinical as this as this was in getting to the next plot point, and like, there's no. This movie has zero story. It is all exposition and planning to get to the next plot point. This does like the original Ant Man was able to do it, but this this did not give give any any character a moment the chance to breathe and actually be a movie. It's just getting to the next plot point as quickly as possible to lead into the next crossover or next movie as quickly as possible, and you know and making money, doing talk shows, and conning people into thinking that it's actually a satisfying experience when it's. It's a traffic stop. Okay, that's what all of these movies have been since Guardians Two. Guardians Two breathe. Okay, every once in a while they let the director have a little fun. Yes, but in the great greater scheme of things, even Spider Man was Guardians of the Galaxy Two existed to get to Infinity War. But why did movies have to exist to get to another movie? Why can't because you just... that's how they're doing it. I don't know. I don't story. agree with it either. It's just the way it is. You need to accept it and stop going into these movies thinking they're going to change the world. Then why do I have to... <laughs> you don't. That's to the qu- best part. To quote... I'm going to quote um, Steve Jobs a little bit. Uh, not in, this, in the same context, but you'll understand what I'm saying when I quote this. Why am I reading ten times a day that Steve Jobs is a genius? Because you think more, Mason. I don't. I don't really think that much. You do. I'm you, not that perceptive of a moviegoer. You and you consume movies differently than the average person does. Okay, fair, but so do you, and so does Josh. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I I don't agree with you, because I really like... I had a lot of fun watching this movie, and I love Paul Rudd. He's the saving grace of this movie. I'm not going to lie to you. If you. Like you said earlier, if Paul Rudd wasn't in it, I wouldn't like it as much. Bad screenwriting, 101. At the end of the movie... <laughs> when um michael douglas is about to go into the quantum realm or whatever and and by the way the the whole idea of we have to go to the quantum realm to find her mom i don't know that for me got kind of lost in, amongst the 
you know, plot point to plot point. Like, yeah, I kind of knew that the overarching goal was to get, you know, Janet Van Dyme or whatever her name is. But there were points where I just kind of forgot. It's like, wait, why are we doing this? Oh, yeah, because she's in some quantum realm. She, like, she was in the first five minutes and the last, like, seven minutes. It's not like, you know, like Interstellar. Yeah, you have a goal. You have a set goal. He wants to get back to his kids. Or with these guys, they want to get to their mom. And in Interstellar, you kind of feel, even though the plot takes some different detours, you still feel what the objective, and you can feel how urgent or not, or, or, or whatever that it is. Did this movie feel like it was very urgent to you? I felt it. Okay. Whenever it seems like Kim Jong-un was going to find... Uh... <laughs> Paul Rudd out of his house. Man, burning down his fumes out here alone. That is the guy that played Kim Jong-un, right? And yes. The interview? Yes. What is his name? Because uh, he's like the Woody Harrelson of every movie. Randall Park. He's all over the place. And I like Randall him. Park. He was in, the, he was in the, one of the best office bits when Jim... Yeah, where he played yeah. uh, Jim. That was good. You're not, you're not Asian. Wow, you never noticed. Way to go, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, I felt the urgency. I felt the stakes in going back to jail. I mean, the stakes aren't as high as they usually are, but they don't always need to be the world. I, I agree. I don't like it when the universe is at peril just for the sake of the universe being at peril, but this is almost too small. Oh, my God. But get it? Cause they ain't gone. Cause it's Ant Man, yeah. Cause it's Ant Man. No, the the scene that I really drove me up a wall was uh, towards the end when um, uh, Michael Douglas is going to go into the quantum realm or whatever, and Lawrence Fishburne is like being surrounded by the ants, <laughs> and he and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to go get my wife, and like she's really smart, so she's going to come out, and we're going to help your daughter, or whatever." And he's like, "Okay, cool." And it was like a five-second resolution to this plot line. These guys have hated each other for years. The other dude just sold him out to the cops and then, like, kidnapped him and, like, beat the, and beat the crap out of him and tied him to a chair. And they just resolved it in three seconds. Well, apparently Lawrence Fishman was really scared of ants. So it was under duress. He didn't really have a choice. Still, like... It, it's it's such a sloppy thing to do in a in a plot. It just it takes seven seconds for this whole re- thing to get resolution, and all he has to do is, all he has to do is go to his the girl and say, "Hey, this lady's like really smart, so just let him out and she'll be able to take care of you." Because he it took it didn't take long to convince him, so why would it take long to convince her? She seems to sure did to try to do that still, and then she comes out and what what happens? Go do they fix her in like five seconds? For no apparent reason. Did you know why she was suddenly able to fix her? Quantum energy, dude. Come on. How? What about it? No. And was she just living there for 30 years? Like, what was she eating? I guess so. I didn't understand that part. Did she? But I didn't come to this movie for Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, but at what point do you just stop saying well i didn't come to this movie for that i'm not saying you exact specifically but like people well, talking in general like well i didn't come to this movie for that or i didn't come to this movie for that oh well i didn't come to this movie for that it's like then why are you coming to this movie to see whatever they came to the movie to see so so why are we lowering our standards why? we're not 
I think you just have really high standards. And I mean, that's fine. I, d- I don't think so because people even say, "Yeah, Marvel villains aren't very good," but that's not what I came here to see. I don't know. Like, villain is a, a, I'm just a man. I know. I'm just trying to figure understand it through you because you liked it. But like the the villain is supposed to be the the most. Whether you agree with it or not, I think it's pretty clear that if you don't have a good villain, you don't have a good movie most of the time, especially in a movie like this where there is, you know action and consequences and stakes and like that and things blown up or whatever. If your conflict doesn't work, then your movie doesn't work. And it just seems like people are so ready to say, oh, well, it's Marvel, so it doesn't matter. It's like, I still think it does matter. And this movie was so weak on that front. Like, why was Walden Goggins in this movie? Uh, secondary villain. Well, why? Conflict. I don't know. Because he had to be. I don't... Big fucking movie. <laughs> The I hated it how everybody like the uh, Scott and Van the Van Dynes had like cute names for their kids and how obnoxiously cute they were trying to make it out to be. What do you it's mean? Just, That's how people deal with kids. What are you talking? Hey, about? Jelly Bean! Oh, come so here, Peanut! What? It was just so cringy, and it was like. Every conversation that they had with their kid of like, oh, we've got a, you know, oh, daddy and I are going to leave for a business trip. And, oh, we, but we love you so much. And the, uh, it, like the, in the opening scene, telling her her mother wasn't coming back was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. All right. You can only hear these kind of things so many times before it just starts to feel just lazy, overall lazy. And Michael Pena, he was fun in the first one. This one, I just—he's the same. He was the same. What are you talking about? I don't know. Maybe I—I I saw the first one in the theaters three years ago once. So maybe I'm just don't like my. I never really cared for Michael Pena, but his whole shtick kind of got old to me. Why was Ti in this movie? Because he was in the first one. But hey, you know, you really don't get the full experience if you don't know that they're a home security company. Didn't get off the ground. So how can you understand this movie without it, really? But what did you like about it? Like I've been saying, I liked. I thought the jokes were on point. I liked um, the Russian guy. I liked Paul Rudd. I liked his daughter. I liked Evangeline Lilly and their chemistry. I liked um, how all three of them worked off of each other. I thought they were... They played off of each other very well and had a good relationship. Um, I don't know. I just had fun watching it. And you won't find me use that excuse to make it a good movie very often, but this is one of the times it worked. What did you That's think? A, of, what did you think of the cinematography in this movie? I didn't know. There wasn't very good. Wasn't very good, or wasn't there? It was just static. Yeah. There was no... Marvel I mean, movies aren't known for their cinematography, though. I mean, every t- every other day, I feel like I hear... No, that's not an exaggeration, but... Every day since it came out for a couple of weeks, all I could hear about was how Thor Ragnarok was, like, the best shot Marvel movie or whatever because it had that one scene of, like, the Valkyrie and Kate, and Kate Blanchett's character or whatever. And... I thought this was just flat out ugly. 
Like this movie was so gray and just drab, and it was. And a lot of it took place in San Francisco, like San Francisco, California, one of the most beautiful, arguably, cities in the entire country, maybe even the world. And it just looked so ugly. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be fine with it, I guess, if not for the fact that the cinematographer's name, uh, his name is Dante Spinati, and he shot one of my favorite movies ever, one of the best-looking movies I've ever seen, 1995's Heat. He also shot Ellie Confidential, The Insider, Wonder Boys, one of my favorites. Uh, let's see. X-Men The Last Stand, one of Josh's favorites. Uh, <laughs> uh, and not Is that too anybody's much favorite? Josh. It's Josh's favorite. He doesn't actually like it. He's, he told me he liked it more than Logan. So I heard that somewhere, too. Yeah. He's been blogging about it or letterboxing about it. But, um, it's on his YouTube channel. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I just felt like this movie just looks so, like I said earlier, just drab and un. un- Interesting, and it's not like a. Yeah, but you know what it did have? What did it have? Paul Rudd's face and his personality, and Evangeline Lilly's face. Yes, that that I I didn't hate that one. Didn't hate that one. Uh, Not as funny as the first movie either. I don't think at least like I laughed a couple times and smiled. Like the end of the end of the original Ant Man with the the the. Thomas the Tank Engine was killed me. Like I di- I busted a gut in the theaters. I thought that was hysterical. Just the way that uh, how that <laughs> played into like the final villain battle was just a lot. I would say a ton of fun. And this had the school scene, but that was funny. I didn't I didn't get it. I thought I I heard somebody mention it on Letterbox. I was like, oh, that sounds like a good setup, and it was a good setup. He's got to go get his small. trophy. That's and the whole joke. His his thing, his belt isn't working, but the best joke that we get is him with a hoodie on. Man, that's funny. What was about that was funny? He was small, and he looked like a little kid. And he was walking around like a little kid. And then when he got back into the, uh, whatever it's called, the van, they treated him like a little kid, and it was funny. Ha 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 I'm sorry you just don't like fun, Mason. Ha 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 ha. Sounds hysterical. Watch the fun movie. Huh? I liked Evangeline Lilly. I liked her in this quite a bit. She was in many ways the saving grace just because she kind of got stuff to do in this one, uh, which was very much appreciated. Um, hmm. Paul Rudd was good. Yep. Uh, Michael Douglas, solid as always. The emotional beats that he was involved in didn't work for me at all. Like I said, the big reunion scene just fell almost completely flat. Um, well, they should have had a way to make Michelle Pfeiffer a better role, a bigger role in the first one, or somehow to make us give a shit. Yeah, I, th- I don't think you need to do that. You just need to make us care in this one. Like, I, I don't think that giving her such a big part in the f- in the opening of the movie really helped. Because I don't know how many people in this coming into this know I sure didn't that Michelle Pfeiffer was in this movie. So like, 
why show her early on? Just because at least at the the very least you can build up the mystery sort of of Janet Van Dyne, what she looks like or, or, or something. You don't just need, oh, well, here's Michelle Pfeiffer and we're going to spend this whole movie trying to, trying to reach her. It's like, oh, maybe could we save that perhaps? Maybe. I don't know. Did you, why do you think they did that? Did what? Put her in this movie? Put her in, like, the beginning. So you would know why they were doing what they were doing? Yeah, but then what is... What's the payoff at the end of the movie? They find her? Because, like, imagine if you didn't... Imagine if you didn't show her, and you only saw Michael Douglas, and, like, she was maybe in shadow, or just in the other room, or, like, kind of there, but not... You didn't really get to see her. And the first time you hear her is when she's talking through Paul Rudd. And when she's like used him as a satellite, where it's the first time you ever hear of Michelle Pfeiffer's character in the entire movie, and then it kind of you can at least build to the reveal, even if it's not a great reveal, you can it's still a reveal of Janet Van Dyne. And instead, it's just oh, there's hey Michelle Pfeiffer's back. That was really easy to get to her. Cool. Oh, it's 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 over now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't go to college for movies. So. Neither did I. Movies are oh. just a hobby. Didn't you, you went for, like, broadcasting or something, didn't you? Yeah, more TV radio. Not so much with uh, movies. Still, TVs um, have plot. What? Nothing. Um... I guess I have no defense. Listen, Mason, I understand everything you're saying, okay? I I get your frustration. I just don't care. So then why do I read ten times a day that Steve Jobs is a genius? I don't know, because people don't look at movies as uh, in-depth as we do. It's not even... I don't even think these... Nothing I'm seeing I don't think is hard to f- come by. It's, I'm not making any grand or sophisticated points about s- story and direction and cinematography and all that. It just seems pretty clear to me that these movies aren't some of these movies aren't very good and people don't seem to care. I don't like that. I think you should care. I think you should care if if a, if somebody's giving especially in a creative field if somebody's giving their full effort, I'll say it. If it, I'll, I would say it. If you two did it, I'll say it. If you know a Batman movie did it, so it's not just I want to. I'm picking on the superhero movies or anything. I just think this, this is so lazy. What it comes down to, Mason, and above all, knowing that Edgar Wright could have had a shot to make these movies makes this even makes this ten times more disappointing than it already was. Because, like, he is a Listen, great director. He could do some really cool stuff with this. That's true. Could have but you're really getting cool into uh, whataboutism right now? It's not. It's and just what could have been. It's what could have been-ism. Same thing. No. You have to judge what we have, not what we could have had. No, you. Shit. What are you going to do now? Take that. I got nothing. That was... 
It's it called a reversal. Play. You all know my best joke in this whole movie? What? Was when the Russian guy started screaming about Baba Yaga. What's Baba Yaga? Baba Yaga is a Russian folktale about a, uh, a witch. And it's funny because nobody else knows who Baba Yaga is except for me. So I thought it was funny. Very interesting. Very. Very interesting. You're really condescending, you know that? I'm just saying it's interesting. You're lying. It's interesting. The way you're saying that is triggering me beyond belief right now. Very interesting. I hate you so much. I don't agree with any any extreme of, well, I don't want to think about this critically at all. I'm just going to, you know, if I like it, I like it. Or if I don't, I still do. The, you know, quote-unquote critic-critics of the world of, well, everything has to be perfectly criticized and evaluated on its merit. Like, I don't think that's the right way either. I had a blast with Mamma Mia, even though I know that a lot of it doesn't really make sense or hold up or is well-constructed. But I can still recognize that, yeah, this was wrong. this was bad, this was bad. I don't say, oh, it doesn't matter because it's fun. You just have to say, oh, I like it in spite of those things, not I like it and those things don't matter. I don't know, I just... I don't think I ever said that they don't matter. I'm not saying you did in general. I'm just trying to speak to the the way that these are talked about at large. Like, I'm seeing so many fours. Like, if you watch this movie and don't find it to be an enjoyable, enjoyable experience, there's probably something wrong with you. That's a review from tonight. Like, that's the kind of mindset that I just think is really toxic. Oof, hit him with the T-word. Good, if you don't think this is fun, there's something wrong with you. That's stupid. I think at a certain point, though, Mason, you do need to recognize your own bias against these movies. I'm, don't say that you're not. I'm No, I'm saying is, what does bias even mean? Everybody's biased about everything. There's nobody in this world who is completely unbiased. That's true. But yeah. recognizing it is a big part of being objective. Well, well, whether I recognize it or not, it's still there. I have to recognize it. It's better to recognize it. Yeah, but what it am I recognizing? that you're aware of it. I'm recognizing that I'm aware of the thing that I'm aware of? I don't think so. Just, no, when you're writing a review, I mean, I don't know. It's just... I don't have bias against anything. That it, I just have things that I like and I dislike. It just seems to me whenever we talk about one of these movies... Especially okay, but, the really highly rated, highly rated ones. You go contrarian because you you have something against the idea of these movies. And I will say I don't go contrarian. I have problems with these movies that I just have with these movies more than others. Like I don't watch. I don't really see the Transformers movies, so. I don't really have that to kind of to go off of, and I rip DC when appropriate. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's so hard when people don't see what you see, Cody. Especially <laughs> when you, like, if if more people watch Rick and Morty, I just think... Their IQs, dude, they'd be so much higher. I get what you're saying. I there. know. 
listen, you should have said that from the beginning. I only listen to criticism from people who have watched every episode of Rick and Morty. That's it. That's all. That's I'm all glad you listened to my criticism then. Thank you. I don't know. Is it is it foolish to hope? Because I'm I'm at the at this point I I'm not loathing Marvel movies. I'm surprisingly relatively hopeful that they will get better and that I they will do be something that. that I enjoy. I don't want to give that up. Taking risks usually doesn't make money. Sure, it does. Even though they proved it time and again with Marvel movies that it does, they don't want to recognize it. My problem is isn't so much with risks; it's in. Well, I guess it is, but I think when you have such a a dedicated, built-in audience, and you have almost guaranteed eighty-five million dollars opening weekend in the box office, if not two hundred or whatever, immediately right out of the gate, and you don't do anything to not challenging your audience may sound a little bit too Christopher Nolan-y, but anything to to provoke your audience a little bit i think that i think that's blockbuster should the best blockbusters i think toe the line between giving the audiences what they want and showing them what they may not have thought about that they also may want name one uh godzilla fuck that movie <laughs> no 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 uh that's just a mess with you um, let's see. Gosh, the fact that you guys like... Oh, that makes me so mad. Yikes. Star like The Last Jedi, for example, that is a blockbuster. Perhaps the, the greatest uh, American mythology. And The Last Jedi, yeah, it gave you your red meat. It gave you your space battles, and you gave you your lightsabers, and you gave it. they gave it your you know, mysteries and your Jedi and your cameos and all that, but it also challenged the audience and it, it made them think and perceive the thing, the, the stories that they, you know, experience and consume in a different way. And it brought it while also maintaining, uh, what people liked about it in the first place, but it gave it a new, it just brought a new perspective to it, and it gave it kind of a new purpose. And when I pissed go, off half the audience. No, I still think it pissed off two percent of the audience, maybe. And about that, Blu-ray sales are still com- are still really strong for Last Jedi. Yeah, it made a billion less, but it also wasn't the phenomenon that you know Star Wars Episode Seven was, where the last sequel came out thirty years ago. There's no way that it was going to do as well. No way. Still made a billion dollars in merch and all that stuff. But, um, so to go from that to this, which plays it as safe as you could possibly, as any movie has ever played a sequel. Even Jurassic World took a swing. Jurassic <laughs> Jurassic World went from being an enormous dinosaurs on an island to the second half being basically one dinosaur in a in a mansion. Like if Jurassic if Jurassic World led by Colin Trevorrow of all people can take to, can take a swing then why can't Marvel? And Ant Man is the perfect one to do the, to do it with because it is so so much more small scale and it's it's 
low risk, high reward kind of a movie. Like it's going to do fine. It costs one hundred sixty two million dollars to make. You'll do fine with that. You'll make double it and then a little bit more. And it's and it's no big deal if it doesn't make half a billion dollars. And they just went with, you know, every whenever you write a story, there's always a fork in the road. Really, you can go to the you can go to the right or you can go to the left. And in this case, the right side is what sequels do, and the left side is what is a Dark Knight approach, I guess, to sequels or a you know Last Jedi approach to sequels that. Yeah, this is this could be good, but maybe we can try to make it great. And this just took the right side of the of the road every single time, and just wears on you after a while. Where I just I got bored watching, you know, Ant Man get big and cars smash into each other and all that. And it's why that's not that shouldn't be the point. I haven't changed much. It's these movies that have refused to change. Hmm. But, I don't know what to tell you. They're never going to do that because Disney's a company that likes um, money. Okay, well, Disney ta- Disney's taking its risks. Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. was one of the biggest risks any franchise, any yeah, studio ever Yeah, what did they taken. do directly after they took that risk? They, they doubled down and shot two very strange, very unconventional blockbusters back and to then back. ran it into the ground i disagree but you disagree those movies suck no i vehemently yeah. disagree with that they really needed to end after the third one yeah probably but the third one the second and third or the pirates trilogy the og pirates trilogy is yeah, those are awesome fine. i'll take at world's end over literally any marvel movie even Black Panther. You can't say that, dude. <laughs> I just did. Because you're racist. That, but I just, I, I just said it. Yes. Just like a white guy. Thank you. We starring white people. Yes, I agree. But do you have any other hot takes on the Ant Man? Have any hot takes on it? I'm sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> How's your viewing experience i know you had something controversial to say about that yeah, it's nothing controversial i've been saying it ever since infinity war marvel's fans are shitty in the theater when we got to so they were fine during most of the movie and all the the laughing sometimes they did it a bit they bet they went a bit overboard and were like oh my god that's the funniest thing i've ever heard but that's a that's like typical marvel shit but we got to that end credit scene where Buccarino, like that's going to be confusing because Bucky's a character. Um, when Paul Rudd gets stuck into the quantum zone or whatever it's called, and is it's revealed that all three of the other main characters got dusted during Infinity War, you should have heard my fucking audience. In a tiny little movie theater, too. So, just, I can't beat it. They were so loud, and they were screaming at Thanos for doing that. Like, oh, we can't fucking believe it. And like, just, why? It's literally the most... That? I don't know. That's ridiculous as fuck. Well... And they're just... I don't like Marvel fans. 
I posted that on Twitter, and I got I got three responses that all said, "You know, Star Wars fans are worse." No, that might be true. At least, but while I was watching Star Wars in the theater, I could watch Star Wars without obnoxious ass clapping every two minutes and uh, screaming at the at a fictional character. I'm salty. I just want to go to one of these movies on opening night without having to deal with a bunch of obnoxious people. Well, obnoxious people makes up the majority of comic book movie fans. Let me ask you this, Cody. Would you rather watch this or Batman v Superman? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oof. Probably... Wait, which version of Batman v Superman? Whichever one you want. Probably Batman v Superman. But would you say that this is a better movie? No. I'd say they're pretty much on par. Oh, okay. Hmm. As far as as much enjoyment I'll be getting out of it. We've we've had this debate quite a bit, but if given the chance between a movie that succeeds but doesn't really try, or a movie that really tries but fails... I'll go with a movie that tries but fails just about every time. Mm-hmm. No? I said, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. As in, yes. It's like, there to me, there's nothing... And I, oh, God. You're going to hate me so much, but when... You're about um, to pull, like, are you going to drop an American dream on me right now? Oh, no, no. I'm not even... This movie doesn't deserve an American dream. Uh, a few years ago, Bono went on... David, the late show with David Letterman, they were kind of in the midst of recording what became Songs of Innocence. And he said something that I've thought a lot about when it comes to movies and, you know, just art in general, is that it's that very good is the enemy of great. And for, if you want to get to great, you kind of have to let God walk through the room. And that if you settle for very good, you're just never going to get to great. And I feel like I feel like these movies are being graded on a curve because we've accepted that very good is like a 10 out of 10. And as long as we get to very good, then it's it's a success, but no movie has ever actually tried to push into great. And that's just like, oh, well we're not going to get there, so we're just going to max it out at where we think that these movies can get to. And I just think if you're shooting if you're trying to hit if, to use another analogy, if you're trying to just hit singles, you're going to drive in some runs, but it's not going to be very, it's not really exciting. It's not going to understand what you just said. <laughs> singles and baseball is just usually, I know what you mean. I was okay. Joking. But um, on the other hand, you got these it guys. It sounds like you're throwing a, uh, there are no words as harmful in the English language as good job. That's, that also works. You either with the movie you either I want you either to try to be great or terrible. Any this this crap in the middle of oh it's pretty good, you know oh it could you know it could have been better but you know I was pretty satisfied I, I liked what I got is just is fine I guess with genres that you just don't see very much like if somebody wants to go out and we're like we're our goal right now is to make a good rom com our goal is like set it up. Their intention is to make, let's make a good rom-com. Great. Let's, or to go out, let's make a good Western. It's like, awesome. But 
when you're just settling, well, let's make a good superhero movie. When you make, when you're on your what twentieth superhero movie in the MCU now, it just becomes exhausting. And at least I can respect Iron Man three because that tried to be great. It failed so hard, but it tried to be great. And then it just feels like ever since we're just kind of going along the same. We're just going along the same path, and we're digging a hole, and there's just so many better ways to go. But whatever. I've used up enough okay. analogies. You want to give Shocker, it a grade? Mason doesn't like a Marvel movie. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, let's see. T.I. was great. Uh, I laughed a couple of times. Uh, Evangeline Lilly. Nice. Michael Douglas. This, this is beneath him, but nice. Uh, let's go three and a half. Okay. How... These The action sequences were awful, too. There was nothing interesting about those at all. It's just it's just parkour at this point. It's like, how who can do the most parkour? I thought it was interesting, like jumping the, up and down between sizes. You had the elevator scene in, Civil, in uh, uh, Winter Soldier, and then everything else has just been bland, you know, combat. Who cares? And the music. Oh, this is, music was awful. Music has been awful in all these movies, let's be this serious. This was especially awful, because this tried to have, like, the moment when Van Dyne and... Uh, when the, Michael Douglas and his wife are reunited and like the music swells, I was like, "Dude, no! Maybe you actually maybe you should actually pay a good composer to do these and not just go with superhero stock music." I don't know. Maybe that's just maybe I'm just being a jerk. No, you're right. Music's not good. That's so bad. Music is arguably the most important thing when it comes to a movie. I would say that is like the unseen element that can elevate something from touching to like rip your heart out and they just they just phone that in name one movie what with good music interstellar does interstellar not make that movie the soundtrack not make that movie oh it sure does that movie Don't would go, not Murph. yeah it's just or Don't harry potter stay. or <laughs> harry potter even like john williams's score in the original couple or three and then Desplat in the latter movies kills it and yeah, it's kind of great boring news. i don't remember anything from two on oh Desplat. Uh, well you don't really, you haven't really watched those movies very much no, but because harry potter is not that great of a franchise no it's better than lord of the rings Oh, go fuck yourself. I'm sorry? What? It's better than Lord of the Rings? Is that what you no, said? No, oh, Lord of the Rings I agree, is Cody. the best fantasy it's close, uh, but I would, franchise in the but world. But I would say that I agree with you that Harry Potter is better than Lord of the Rings. But you make some good points. I'm going to um, quit this fucking podcast. You, oh, you're um, going to quit? You're going to quit? You're a quitter now? Huh? I think I might be. Oh. Uh, Middle Earth, less than the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. The Shire, less than Diagon Alley. Okay. Sauron, less than Voldemort. Dude, Voldemort fucking blows. No, he's Hitler. He's just a bad Hitler who can't take over a city. Wait, so are you saying Hitler's good? Racist. Yeah. Uh, Hitler was at least good at what he did for <laughs> a little bit. Good or Raider. No. 
At least, at least Harry Potter has a villain. What are you talking about? What? There's a bunch of villains in Lord of the Rings. He doesn't have a villain. They try to have a villain, but he never even shows up. He's just an eye. He's in the very beginning of the fucking movie. Yeah, but he doesn't... He's not, like, anywhere throughout. God, you're such a child. <laughs> where... Uh, Alright, Cody, on a scale of 1 to 10, where does uh, Ant-Man rank as Kino? <laughs> it's probably... I don't know. It's it's one of the more Kino mm. superhero movies. Very interesting. Probably right above. I don't know. Just so wait. I don't know. Wait. So probably right below Spider Man Two. Uh, don't even. Spider Man Two is Godfather Two compared to this. Oh boy! Both Amazing Spider-Man and then Tobey Maguire Upper Lip Spider-Man. No. Yes. Come on. Yes. Give it some credit. It's better than the Amazing Spider-Man Two, at least. No, I don't. I yes. really don't think oh so. Oh my god, you're a Mr. Hitler. I, imagine. Look, think to yourself, Cody. Just think. Let's remember. Or, yeah, remember Spider Amazing Spider-Man Two. Are you thinking right. about it? I'm trying to think about how that's directed and how that is, how the action is, or how the not that great special. It, the only is. thing that it Compa- has is a good no, Spider Man compared to this, though. Yeah, it's they're pretty much on par. No, there's way more cool stuff going on in Amazing Spider Man than this. I don't know, man. Think about how they're shot. Like, remember that scene when Electro goes to Times Square and Spider Man like saves everybody from touching the railing of that uh of that thing in Times Square where people sit. And he goes like he has spider sense and he like st- saves their lives and stuff. How awesome is that? Okay. Yeah, I actually kinda like Spider Amazing Spider Man too. It's a good movie. So I don't know <laughs> I'm like one of the few people that didn't hate it. Neither did um, I. I don't understand why everybody hated Spider Man too. It was fun. Reminded me of Batman Forever. I like Batman Forever. Did you like this Batman? Movie, is Batman and the Wasp better than uh, Batman and no. Robin? Nope. You sure about that? 100%. Yep. 100%. Cuz let me ask you this. How many f- ice related puns are there in Ant-Man and the Wasp? One? I want to say one. I don't think there are any. Just saying. I mean, just scoreboard. That's all. Scoreboard. <laughs> Schwarzenegger or Walton Goggins? Walton Goggins. Schwarzenegger. Can be a better villain. No. He doesn't make any points. I don't know. They could have used him better. He was, like, really good and hateful eight. Well, he's not yeah. a bad actor. That's their whole thing is they take good actors and they give them absolutely nothing to work with. It's their whole Tell deal. that to Robert Downey Jr., dude. Well, they gave him nothing to work with. He elevated it. That was all. That was all RDJ. Tell that to Christopher Evans. Yeah, he's fine. Tell that to um, 
Thorn, Thor 3. He's fine. Is this, which, which is worse? Is uh, Ant-Man 2 or Thor 3 the worst Marvel movie? Oh, God, that's tough. To you, because those are both pretty good <sighs> movies to me. What's worse? Man. I gotta say, I'm gonna give the edge to Thor Dark World because I re- I still really do. I said Thor 3, not Thor 2. Oh, Thor 3. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give the edge to Ragnarok for Korg. I even wow. say I like Dark World better than it, better than Ant-Man. Because that ending portal fight is actually semi-fun. No. Yes. That movie, I don't re- I can't remember anything about that movie. Me neither, but I, I just remember the portal thing, and I really enjoyed that. But nothing else. Because I hate, what, are, what, Cody? Marvel movies. Everything. Oh. Because you're C-Y-N-I-C-A-L. I'm not from Connecticut. Oh. Stop, stop lying, dude. <laughs> uh, stop lying, dude. Stop lying, man. Uh, <laughs> watching and listening to. Why don't you go first? Tell me All things. Right. I beat... Tell me things. It was Josh was here to talk about this, but I finally beat uh, God of War. Yikes. Great game. You should play it, Mason. You're not going to, so that's all I'm going to... Hey, what system do you have it for? PlayStation 4. Well, give it to me and I'll play so it. So it's, it's only out on PlayStation 4. If you give it to me, I'll play it. Right, I'll bring it. Bring it. Next time we do a car cast. Which, by the way, Black Klansman. When's that coming out? Like August. Okay. Unless 8th grade comes before. Because I don't know what the deal with 8th grade is. 8th grade comes out like a week. It's in limited release, and then it, like, I've been waiting, I've been refreshing cinemapolis.org slash coming attractions, and it just hasn't shown up yet. It's like, it should be, it should be there. Go to, um, cinemapolis.com slash realflix for, uh, um, nothing, because the website doesn't exist, but (laughs) please. Please sponsor us. Sponsor us. We will. Sponsor us. Keep coming to your theater. Live car cast. We'll drive the car. We'll park the car right in the lobby. The, uh, and we'll car cast from right there. Uh, Stanley's cameo. What? In Ant Man and the Wasp, the movie. Was, what was it? He was like about to get in his car, you know, all brittle and old. And he looks like, ah, oh, the 60s were fun, but they're going to catch well, up to you. But I'm paying for it now. Yeah, because it's Yeah, those have strong. been getting worse and worse, but that's just because he's about to die. That so, doesn't even make sense. What about what about doing drugs makes you not be able to perceive if your car It fucks with drunk. your mind. Dude. He was doing a lot of LSD. Come on. Get your shit together, dude. I mean, no, that's stupid. I don't like how old he is. It makes me really uncomfortable. I've talked about my old phobia before. I old people so. freak You've me out. You've got like two minutes until he's dead, though. Like, he's... He's not okay. Well, Kirk There's Douglas, no way Kirk Douglas makes is 101. No way he makes it through this year. Are you going to go that? Yeah, I think um, that'll be my uh, official prediction on the sadness meter. He's 95. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't think he'll make it through the rest of this year. Uh, how can you be that old? If not, okay, yeah, I, I officially don't think he will, but... Definitely not through 2019. Well, you know who's going to die after Stan Lee, Cody? Me? Sting. 
Finally. <laughs> that's how you want my friend. Yeah, that's where that bit came from. I stump I woke up in that episode was randomly playing on my phone the other night and I just <laughs> shipped in for a couple minutes. He told your story about you how your friend always said Sting is gonna die. I think that's the funniest it'll, thing ever. It'll come yeah, I bet that'll be the uh the three. Who ju- did anybody just die? Uh not to my knowledge. Well, we'll see. I don't have faith in. Watch your back, Sting. You're you're next, Bucko. Yeah, take it. Take that, Sting. Uh, <laughs> uh, anything um, else? Did I go see any movies? Um, I'm feel so... like I did. Other than this one, but I don't think I did. Come on. Never mind then. Yeah, because there's Sicario two before that in my letterbox. Um. Nope, just God of Warring. I'm watching place. Chuck before I go to sleep, and Chuck. What else? I've, I've been doing something else. I've been watching a lot of Dark Souls three speedruns. So if you have any strats, um, listeners, just send them my way. What about you, Mason? What are you been watching? I watched a couple of movies, one of which I never seen, and one of which I probably saw when I was v young, and just kind of finally got around to officially watching. Uh, let me guess. What? <clears throat> <clears throat> one second. Let me just guess. No, you're um, looking at my letterbox. Liar, 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 liar. Yes, and, you got um, it. The paper. Yeah, you got it. Way to go, man. Uh. <laughs> Liar, liar! Of course, with Jim Carrey. That's the one that I think I've seen. I saw as a kid, uh, at least some of it. I've definitely seen it in meme or GIF form, um, and finally got to you know, finally checked it out all the way through, and it was so. Great. You have a, a line in your um, review, yeah, about this being the Jim Carrey songs. It's the year of the Carrey for me. It's Can this you is the year. That? This is the year in which I have grown to appreciate Jim Carrey for as a big part of my life and a big part of Hollywood. Like Truman Show, it went from it's being a, a four and a half movie to like one of my ten favorite movies in just the last few months. I don't want to watch that again, honestly. We, I want. I've got an episode planned. I just need all of us to watch it. Is you want a Jim Carrey uh, retrospective? Yeah, maybe just maybe just talk about the Truman Show because there's a lot to talk about with the Truman Show. So you should. I would highly recommend checking that out because I want to talk about it. Um, yes, I have seen it, but I'd like to see it again. What about the paper? The paper. Um, it's a nice little journalism movie with uh, Michael Keaton, and it was incredibly solid. One of the uh, this one of the most well written movies uh, I've seen in quite a while. I just think Better it. Than the post. No. Uh, but it's, it's close. Surprisingly, it's close. Um, really fun from it. It kind of feels, I want to say, I feel like Aaron Sorkin wrote it, but didn't take credit for it. It's got that same kind of rhythm and kind of dramedy aspects to it, um, where it can be funny in one scene and then devastating the next. And I just love that, uh, combination. Whenever a movie or a TV show can, can pull that balance off, it just, is something that just immediately uh, hits home and clicks with me, um, and uh, I just I highly recommend it. It's definitely a movie I can see myself watching 
many, many more times. Randy Quaid pre-Meltdown is in it, which is always fun. And I just... Where do I know Randy Quaid from anything? Independence Day. Who was he in Independence Day? Like, the pilot who died at the end. Spoilers. Oh, okay. What Independence Day. Say? Good movie or bad movie? It's a good movie. First one's fine. Okay. Second one's pretty shit, but... I liked it. The second one or the first one? I, I, I probably like the second more than the first, come to think of it. I had a garbage Yikes. audience when I watched it, though. I, I honestly don't remember much about that movie. Sad. Very sad. Well, all right. Looks like that. Wait, hold on, hold on. What? What, What's your progress on um, Red Rising? Because you know I bought you that fucking book. You did. You did. Uh, It's been life's been pretty crazy. You you have time to watch uh, Jim Carrey movies. That's true. That's true. Mm. I'm, I'm. I made it through part one, or there's like a, it's cut up into sections or something like that. It's like section one or part one or whatever. I'm like 60 pages in maybe. So, but I'll try to do better. Listen, I, I need you to finish that book as soon as possible. I will try. I'm sorry. Please don't. So we can talk about it and do our very me. own Red Rising podcast. Ro. But what about the movie? You're probably not going to make one. Why not? I don't know. They'll make one. I don't know. The franchise isn't dead at all, but Usually, may, still, it takes them a couple years. Unless it's like a it's Harry Potter thing, where it's like the movie came out in twenty, or the book came out in two thousand twelve or something. Let's see. Hold on. Hold your horses. Holding. What if Nolan makes one? It come. I mean, can you cut that? <laughs> Well, it I came out in 2014. Cry. It's only a few years ago. Yeah, that's like four years ago. They should have made it already. Listen, I just need this to be an HBO show. And I'm in. All right, sounds good. Uh, so we're getting this uh, we're getting this one out of the way a little early. So not sure. Maybe maybe. We'll jump on and do something fun in the next couple days, or maybe we'll uh, do it. Do we'll chat later about something. What? Ugh, I don't want to talk about skyscraper. Ah, oh, we should do Truman Show. That'd be a good time to do it. There you go. We figured it out. Now nah, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. But until then, uh, you can follow us at underscore Realflix on the Twitter. Leave an iTunes review. I should probably check those at some point in the next. I'll probably check that in like nine months, ten months. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe if you're not an asshole, we'll um, read it out loud. We only read good reviews. Who, me? And we will make fun of, of the bad ones. ones we don't like. Yes. So be careful. And until next time, Cody. Mason. Happy 7th. Yes, happy 7th of July. Technically 8th when this comes out. When this comes out. Listen. Of July. Stop. Goodbye. Happy.